G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news, workers' stories and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Radio in Melbourne with the financial support of the Community Radio Federation. We come to you on the Community Radio Network through your local community radio station. The ESO Ugly Dispute down in Longford, Gippsland, Victoria has reached over the 374-day mark, making it the longest industrial dispute in Australian history, overtaking the Wonthaggi coal dispute in the 1940s, coincidentally also in Gippsland. Highly skilled maintenance workers servicing the onshore and offshore ESO facilities were sacked and offered their jobs back at slashed wages and gruelling shift arrangements. When they refused, the companies shipped in what they call non-local alternative workforce, getting a court to say it was illegal to call these workers scabs. Stick Together's Matt Kunkel joined 500 or so unionists who went down to Longford Community Picket on June the 28th to show support. More about that later. But first, some workers' news. We reported last week that on Monday, June the 25th, workers at Laverton Cold Storage in Melbourne started 24-hour rolling stoppages as members of the National Union of Workers, the NUW, after negotiations for their first workplace agreement broke down. We can now report that after 12 tough days on strike, workers at Laverton Cold Storage voted for their first union workplace agreement. Sticking together through six months of talks with the company and two weeks of industrial action, workers won on all claims. 18% increases to workers' base pay rate over the next three years. All labour hire casuals who took action are rehired. Conversion from agency casual to company casual after three months. Conversion from company casual to a permanent job after six months. Union rights and respect and more. A union chat to stand for a long time, you know, and like for our families it was such a big win. The support of our families, our wives, feeling right now, mate. Oh mate, I'm over the moon. It couldn't. I woke up today thinking it was just all a dream. I had to pitch myself, and I looked at my wife, and I actually said, "Babes, I think we did it." I, And she goes, yeah, you did it, you did it. And I was like, oh, it's just so overwhelmed. I'm so thankful. So what what does it mean for your family, like, Like I was thinking beyond that. Like, it's more than just my family as well. It's like, it's um, it's also, it's also for all my brothers inside the shed that, and their families that I was thinking about all along. Now we finally have the win. We finally did it. We finally stood up and people can believe that going forward. And I hope it echoes throughout all this all together that there are smaller sheds that they can believe in something that and it will be achieved. If you with strength, with numbers, anything's possible and you can do it. But you'll always get an outcome that's really fair and reasonable. And that's all we wanted at the end of the day. I didn't win the lottery, but this is better than that for me. It's just all about our families and attitude. That's what it. That's what it's all about. We did it. You know, it's not a dream anymore. You know what I mean? The workers united. 
will never be defeated. The workers united will never be defeated. The workers united will never be defeated. Starting on July the 1st, the Turnbull government handed over new unprecedented powers to job agencies to withdraw payments to recipients. Now, job agencies will be able to punish their unemployed clients without government regulation or oversight. In what the Australian Unemployed Workers Union calls punishment for failing to comply with gruelling compliance demands, under this new demerit point system, agencies will now impose payment suspensions if, they believe, job seekers are behaving inappropriately or failing to attend appointments and activities like work for the dole without a reasonable excuse. Job seekers currently battling drug or alcohol-related illnesses are now no longer reasonably exempt from activities or safe from financial punishment. Unemployed workers will lose significant powers of appeal. The Australian Unemployed Workers Union has stated that they will have to passively accept many of the decisions ordered against them. In short, privately owned job agencies many of which are for-profit private companies, will wield unlimited, unchecked power over the unemployed. Under this system, unemployed workers can be completely cut off New Start if they refuse to attend unsafe work-for-the-doll activities. It has been established by survey that 64% of sites designated for work-for-the-doll are failing to meet basic safety standards. Despite this, job seekers must accept any offered placement. Work for the Dole New Start recipients are not covered by WorkSafe and there has been at least one recorded death of a Work for the Dole worker. In 2015-16, to 16, job agencies imposed a record 2 million financial penalties on the unemployed. As noted by the National Welfare Rights Network, roughly half of these penalties were found to be unfair and were rejected by Centrelink. This means that in 2015-16, to 16, more than 1 million unemployed people had their payments cut off when they did nothing wrong. Earthworker Energy Manufacturing Cooperative, which is a workers' cooperative in the Latrobe Valley making solar hot water products, was the site chosen to launch the Latrobe Valley Community Power Hub, one of three community power hubs in Victoria which aim to assist communities to take charge and ownership of their own energy generation and distribution. Earthworker Energy is to be part of the community power hub's first project, the Gippy Bulk Buy of solar PV batteries and Earthworker Energy made in Morwell solar hot water products. My name is Dan Mussil. I'm the Secretary of the Earthworker Cooperative and right now we are in the Earthworker Energy Manufacturing Cooperative Factory which is probably the first worker-run cooperative factory that's making renewable energy technology in Morwell in the Latrobe Valley. The first products that we're making here in the factory are really high quality solar hot water products. So people can see here some stainless steel cylinders that are becoming part of high quality solar hot water tanks, the storage tanks for a range of different solar hot water systems, whether they are evacuated tubes or heat pumps. So people can often spend up to a third of their total household energy expenditure just on heating their hot water. So solar hot water is a great way to help with household energy costs and we're proud to be making some really high quality solar hot water products here in Morwell. 
How many people do you think you'll be employing? So currently there's six who are starting. We hope to, to get this factory up to about 50 as quick as we can and then support the establishment of a, a sibling cooperative, another factory to spin off and grow more jobs that way as well. This has been a story of a people-powered project. We haven't relied on any big investors or any huge funding grants to get this project off the ground. It's been years of community-led effort, so we, we have lots of support. It's, it's been a union movement project, it's been an environment movement project, and it's been a community project led and supported by community members across Gippsland and throughout Victoria as well. For many years, people have been putting in their time. A number of Earthworker members have been putting in money and, and investing in the cooperative, and we've done a whole range of different fundraising projects from walking to, from Melbourne to Morwell to different crowd funds, and it's all helped get us to this point where the business now is starting, which is really exciting. Lots of businesses have struggled in the wake of the Hazelwood closure, understandably, but I think people are recognising, as we've been saying for a long time, we've got to start building some solutions ourselves. And we think that part of the solution that we need is not only one that deals with climate change, but it's one that's owned and run by the community itself. So the worker cooperative model for us is really important, and that's a really important part of our social enterprise. The Australian Federal Government's industrial relations agenda has, in many cases, laid waste to the enterprise bargaining system, forcing workers back on basic awards or greenfield contracts cutting wages and conditions. It was with some sense of irony that it is now reported that the cleaners at the Federal Parliament were all fired and rehired at lower rates and conditions at the same time that the parliamentarians received a wage increase and a tax cut. Lisa Chester, Labor spokesperson on industrial relations, brought the news to the 500-strong crowd down at Longford, Victoria, where the men had the same tactic used on them by so Ugly. Lisa Chester. Just an example um, about how dodgy Malcolm Turnbull is and what kind of person he is. Our question time has repeated itself over and over again. He bags out Bill Shorten, he bags out Labor, he attacks unions, he attacks workers who are members of unions and says it's all your fault. On the 1st of July, he's giving himself, not only is he giving himself a pay rise, he's also giving himself a tax cut, $7,000. Just to share another story with you, the cleaners there, Parliament House, some of them have worked there 30 years, 30 years. On July 1, their contract changed. It will change. They've all been sacked and told they have to reapply for their jobs. Now, those cleaners were on a clean start agreement. They were on a clean start agreement, and guess what replaced it? A company that pays the award. People who'd worked there 30 years being told, you're going to have to take a pay cut if you want to keep your job. Sound familiar? It's happening everywhere. Now, those cleaners said, look, we, we're just going to have to take the job. And they know the efforts that these guys are staring, standing up because their fight is your fight. And these cleaners, um, we, they were able to, through a bit of pressure through the Senate, able to get some of the rates acknowledged with the incoming contractor. But as one of the cleaners said to me, I have to start again. I'm on six-month probation. I've worked here for 30 years. Can you imagine if we put the politicians on six-month probation? Maybe we wouldn't be in this mess. You're listening to Stick Together, the only national program devoted to worker stories, union news and social justice issues.
Around 500 or so fellow unionists went down to Longford in Gippsland in Victoria to a barbecue and rally in support of the skilled maintenance workers sidelined over a year ago by ESSO and labour hire firm Ugly, who aimed to cut labour rates and conditions on the onshore and offshore gas extraction facilities down at Longford, causing the workers to sit outside the plant to protest the destruction of secure work and meaningful pay for themselves and future generations of workers. Stick Together's Matt Kunkel provided this material. I'm here with Victorian Trades Hall Secretary Luke Hilakari as a crowd of four to 500 trade unionists marches down Garrett's Road at the SO Longford dispute. Luke, can you tell us why this is such an important dispute for the Victorian movement? Yeah, one year on, you know, this should have never happened. We look at SOXON, sixth largest company in the world, and they pay no tax in this country, and yet they're happy to strip us of our resources and sack 230 of the most finest workers that you've ever seen. You know, this was corporate avoidance of the Fair Work Act at their worst. You know, five people in Western Australia came up with this, you know, false EBA that ended up, you know, cutting the wages of these workers by 30%. And, you know, to their credit, they wouldn't take it. They wouldn't put up with that garbage. And they took action. Um, and a year on, they're still taking action. So, my... so, this brings me to the most important people that could ever be supportive to us. And that is no other than our very own families. But instead, they attack you in the streets where it's easy to throw a verbal punch and just walk away. You've had to face negative comments and criticism in your own household from your own brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, uncles or aunts who don't understand what we do, they don't understand what we're doing and don't see the reasons why this is a fight and a win-at-all-cost battle. And as I explained at the ANMF conference just this morning, it is a win-at-all-cost battle because we are fighting an American company, the sixth biggest company in the world, who use Australian resources to make billions of dollars in profit but don't pay any corporate tax in our country. And they enlisted another non-Australian, non-tax-paying company, UGL, to cut hard years of hard-fought wages and conditions legally through Fair Work Australia through the use of a sham agreement. And still, when we had the opportunity to go to their country and ask them about these matters, they saw fit to ban us from their meeting and kept us from talking and asking them the hard questions. And is that fair? No way. Warren Buffet a very well-known American investor, investor quoted way back in 2006, there's a class warfare, all right, but it's my class, the rich class, that's making the war and we're winning. It's out and out disgraceful, but it's so true. True if we walk away while waiting for someone else to fight our fight. True if we allow scab workers to come and take our jobs without fighting for them. True, if we walk away from picket lines because of current laws and Supreme Court orders that have tied our hands behind our backs, gagged our mouths shut and held us out behind fence lines while they drive scab workers in blacked-out window buses past our picket line. It'd be true if we jumped from job to job in search of the dollar when things went bad at our workplace 
And true if we let big business dictate our terms and our conditions of employment by using a sham agreement. It's also true if we don't get behind Sally McManus to change the rules. And it's true if we let ExxonMobil and UGL screw us over and get away with what they have done to us and our families without any consequences for their actions. We decided more than 372 days ago that we would fight at all costs. We are not going to sit back and allow everything we have enjoyed by those who left it for us be given away overnight to an international bloody company and go and find our next job. What would that do for anybody? And we are certainly not going to be the generation who sells out our children for nothing because it's become a little bit too hard. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. It's really inspiring. Um, I'm um, wife of um, Mick Britton, who should be here today, but he's, he can't be here today. So I'm here on behalf of him and obviously on behalf of all these guys too. Um, Everyone's worth sort of standing up here and, and getting a round of applause because all these amazing people out here come and support these boys. It's really, really heartwarming. You know, you just should see yourselves. It's just beautiful. Um, anyway, it's been a long, long year. It's, it's, been, it's been tough. You know, people say, oh, but, you know, a year? How long? You know, why are you still there a year? And I'm going, I find that hard to believe when people do say, you know, why have you been here a year? I'm going, are you serious? You know, if we if we stop, we're just saying to, you know, the rest of Australia, just lay down, let them walk all over you. That's okay. Well, it's not okay. It's not okay. It's disrespectful. <laughs> the thing that really gets under my skin too is about this, you know, what they call this agreement that they, there was no agreement. There was just one, here you go, this is what you're going to get. So, you know, and people say, well, you know, you guys earn a lot of money out there, you know, shouldn't they take a pay cut? I'm going, gee. I said, well, what about when your boss says to you, you know, um, tomorrow you're going to be a casual worker, you're not going to be a permanent worker, you're going to have nearly, up to nearly 40% of your pay cut. I will tell you when you can come into work, I will tell you when you go home, I will tell you how many hours you're going to work, and, and you know, if I don't really want you for a couple of weeks, eh, that's what I'm going to do. I wonder how people would feel like about that if that happened to them. And they have the audacity to say that to, to me. They have the audacity to say that to Steve Solomon, um, his wife, Helen. Helen said to me, I'm just, you know, these are best friends that are saying that to me. And that, that, that's heartbreaking that they can't even put themselves in that position to even think, even think like five minutes ahead of themselves before they open their mouth and say something like that to someone. It's pretty shocking. We've all got family, we've all got kids. I've heard of kids that are having, you know, trouble at school because, you know, they know that, you know, kids are saying to these other kids, you know, your, your parents are on strike, you're, you know. It's, that, that's absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking. And then, you know, it's, and even growing up kids, like, I've had, you know, our daughter's at uni, you know, we have to help support her too. You know, we want to support her. You know, we want to help her with a bit of rent money. <laughs> you 
for Christ's sakes. And I mean, and then you've got other people that around you that need your help and support too. Well, we, we give and support them too. You know, I've just had a young girl stay with me who's, you know, um, I was very good friends with her mother and she passed away and we've had her stay with us and help her and support her. That's what people do. That's what human beings do. I thought that's what Australians did too. I thought they picked people up, carried them along, supported them. But no, they don't. But we do here. In the background we've got one of those helicopters. I don't know, I think the scarves are being flown out of Bansdale today, but there's still a bit of traffic at the at the heliport. Um, it's big it's big news. This is as I said earlier, the one of the longest running industrial disputes in the in the country's history now. What do you think happens next? How does it how does it end? That's a very good question. Uh, I don't know how it ends, uh, how it's going to end, but um, the determination now, you know, the, the, it's going to take as long as it takes as far as we're concerned. Um, this, the, this can't be let go. Um, for, for, for the young workers that are coming along now, you know, as when we, we got to 200 days, we had a cake, and the guy that cut the cake that day said, this is, this is not just about us, this is about the young people that are coming along. The, the jobs that, that we had were, were full-time jobs. These are all being offered back as casual jobs. These, these young people can't get a loan. Um, you know the, the whole thing. Um, it, it needs to stop, and and uh, we we're doing our bit to try and get the, the 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 rules in place, the rules changed to to try and facilitate that. More power to your arm, comrade. Thanks very much for joining us on Stick Together. No worries, my pleasure. When earthquakes happen, they don't just come out of the the blue. They don't just happen without any warning. They happen after years and years and years of pressure and a build-up. And before a great earthquake, there's always tremors and jolts. And that's how I see this dispute. And that's how I see these guys here. Because you're not just a tremor, you're a really big jolt. You think about what's happened over the last year and you think, well, what's been achieved? And I'll tell you what you've achieved. You've taken the issue of corporate tax avoidance, not just to another level, I reckon to three other levels. You've put it on the national agenda. You've taken it to Canberra. It's something that every single place I go to and talk about, I talk about ExxonMobil and everyone boos. Everyone boos. That would not have happened if it weren't for your bravery and for your courage and for your principles. The other thing you've done is you've taken the Change the Rules campaign to another level. Because of your brave stand, it's meant the issues of not being able to negotiate with the real decision maker. Because let's face it, in the end, it's, it's Exxon who makes the decisions. It's them who decide what contracts. You should be able to bargain with them. Why shouldn't we be able to bargain with them? The issue of the dodgy EBA is now a national issue. And as you've heard, it's, it's meant that one political party has made commitments to stopping that. As Ben said in the beginning, 
the fact that the independent umpire cannot even intervene and do anything about this dispute is a huge issue, and also the right to strike that was mentioned. All of those things, the wrapping up of corporate greed, of big business having too much power, of all the different ways they force holes in the rights that we've got, is, is the emblem of this dispute. And it takes brave people. It takes brave people to make a stand, because change doesn't just happen by sitting back and waiting. Change happens by people making change. And so these guys had to make a decision there or not to take that new contract or not. And in doing so, your brave decision has ramifications right across the trade union movement beyond that to other workers. Because it's not just that something bad happened to you. Because let's face it, multinationals are doing bad stuff every single day to working people every single day. And people who aren't in unions, it's much worse for them. But what are they seeing? They're seeing this. They're seeing the bravery of, bravery of the trade union movement. Who's standing up to multinationals? We are. We're the people standing up to them. Who's calling them out for not paying their tax? We are. Working people are doing that. Who's calling them out for their corporate behaviour to cut our pay? We are. We're doing it. And that's all because you decided to take that stance. So I want you to remember that when you think about one year. If you had not done that, the issue of tax avoidance would not be where it is and the change the rules campaign for every single working people person would not be where it is. So I just want to say to you guys and to your partners and your families, as far as I'm concerned, you're heroes. Heroes to all of us. And when we talk about and we tell the history of how we change the rules, no matter how long it takes, no matter if it takes more than this election, if it takes longer, you will be a key part of that story and what happened here in Longford. Thank you very much. I'm going to say UGL are in attack and I want you to say we will fight them back to back. Then I'll say ExxonMobil wield their axe and I want you to say we will beat them. We will beat you. See the cracks, all right? The words are up here so we get it right. We're going to try and do it three times, all right? Three, two, one. UGL are in attack! ExxonMobil wield their axe! UGL are in attack! ExxonMobil wield their axe! UGL are in attack! That's it for this episode of Stick Together. Thanks to you for listening. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 8377 and leaving us a message. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Until next time, stick together.